front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thanks for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. And what I want to do this week is get real with one another and even be a little vulnerable with one another. This show's title and this show's purpose is to speak directly to any of you who are weary. And I know that's many of you. I know for a fact it's many of you. The Lord's been speaking to me about the weariness that's in the body. I have just come through a season of fairly intense weariness. And in that season, God really taught me some powerful keys that I want to share with you, not to make you feel like, oh my gosh, how dare you be weary? No, but to help you in the weary season to shake off that weariness, not so you get back to work, but so that you're not operating from a weariness or you're not letting weariness limit you in any way, but you come back into that strength God has for you for this season, for all that you're called to do. But just before we get into that topic, I've got one announcement I want to share with you. Men, mark your calendars for October 14th through 15th. It's our annual Heroes Arise event for the Southwest region. Heroes Arise Southwest 2022, Words of Fire. is happening Friday evening, October 14th, and all day Saturday, October 15th, and you don't want to miss it. God has given us a promise for this event. One morning in my prayer chair when I was praying into this event and praying for all the men who are going to come and attend it, the Lord spoke to me and said he promised to be a fire in our midst, like in the midst of the burning bush. And he promises to speak to the men who come, even as he spoke to Moses. And he's going to release a fire that will free you, fuel you, and further you in all that you've been called to do. So anything that's been limiting you in any way, we're believing is going to be burned up in the presence of God, the fire of God. We're kicking things off Friday evening with Sergio Scataglini, a powerful Argentinian revivalist who has helped steward a great move of God that impacted a nation, a continent, and actually went throughout the world. He's going to be there Friday night. He's going to be preaching on the fire of God. You'll be receiving the fire of God. And then on Saturday, you'll hear from me, you'll hear from Ryan Johnson, you'll hear from Benjamin Dietrich, you'll hear from Dustin Williams, you'll hear from Francisco Arboleda, and I've got some really powerful guests lined up for you, surprise guests lined up for you as well. But men, don't miss this event. Whether you're in the South, the West, the South, Southwest, if you're in the North, you're in the East, get to the Phoenix region. It's going to be in Maricopa, Arizona. Find out all about it. God is going to speak to you with words of fire, and I want you to come. 
So go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, and it'll take you to an info page where you'll get more information and you're also able to register for this event. We're doing it in the studio, so we don't have a ton of space, but there's a good number can still register. So go ahead, register and join us there. If you have any questions, email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com or robert at roberthodgkin.com. And I'll answer your questions or I'll get you the link to the info page or I'll show you where you can register but I want you men to be there because this is going to be a really strategic event, not only a powerful event, but a strategic event. And it is our Southwest and West Coast event for this year. All right, let's get into this week's topic. My title for this show and my topic for this show is for any who are weary. And I know for us in the body of Christ, sometimes it's hard to admit things like we're weary. But, you know, I all of a sudden realized how weary I was. We had a massive battle last year that um, we just just had to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Many of you know, my wife overcame an attack of cancer last year. It was scary at times. It was uh, difficult at times. It was very challenging at times. But, you know, God gave us some keys to see the, the victory come forth in that season. And we did praise God. She's cancer free. She's a walking miracle. I've shared with you about that. I've also shared our incredible heartfelt thanks to all of you who were praying with us and praying for us through that season. You carried us through that season. But then when we came into this year, there was so much going on. And, and everybody was so excited because we're feeling revival. We're feeling harvest. And even in our morning prayer times, which would be great, and I go in because we're praying every single day at our home church, Shiloh Fellowship for Revival. And every time I went in there, I would get fired up and I'd get excited. But then when I'd go home, I'd realize, oh, I'm tired and I was seeking God. And, and the, the weariness was manifesting as a general tiredness, kind of a, a sense of a little bit sense of burnout. But it was also a malaise and a, and a, a, a fuzzy headedness and almost like a, it, I, I don't like this word, but almost like an apathy, not an apathy in caring about what was on God's heart or what he wanted to do in the earth. But this like malaise of trying to get as excited about it day in, day out as I would be in prayer as everybody was around me. And the Lord started revealing to me how weary, how many are. And I wasn't sure if I was simply weary because the battle had been so intense last year and we didn't have time to be weary last year. We were contending for my wife's life. We were contending for her healing. We were contending for her miracle. We were contending in the middle of the night with rushes to the emergency room because of pain or because of this or because of that. It was a super intense year. So at first I thought, well, I'm just physically tired from that year. Maybe I'm dealing with a little PTSD from that year. And I actually took that seriously. I started doing some soaking. I started doing some inner healing and all of that helped, but I was still weary. And the more people I talked to and the more people I was sharing with, the more I was hearing from them that they were weary. I think I've shared with you guys that I'm part of a prophetic and apostolic Zoom meeting, small kind of round table every single month that the one and only the amazing Patricia King, my spiritual mother and mentor, hosts a bunch among a bunch of next generation frontline ministers and ministries. And I'm blessed to be a part of that every single month. And this month we were all connecting and sharing and it was a smaller group than usual, but still a really great group. And somebody was sharing from the nation they were in that the, their whole nation is weary and the church in that whole nation is weary and, and, and just all that's been going on. And I started to think that's really the case. So many are weary. So many are dealing with burnout and don't know it. And then the other thing that's very real is you may be weary. You may be dealing with burnout and you know it, but you don't really have any choice. You just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You got to keep 
providing for your family. You got to keep being a spiritual cover for your family. You know, you need to keep, you know, uh, pressing into God and all of that, but you're still really, really weary. And there's a part of you that's like, Lord, I need your refreshing. I need, I need something because I'm weary. And again, that weariness can be a physical fatigue. It can be an emotional fatigue. It can be a uh, distraction. It can be despair. It can be frustration, irritation, anger that comes quicker and more easily because you simply don't have that sort of that zeal. That's another thing I've heard from people is I feel like I've lost my zeal. And part of the challenge is with the revival that's getting ready to break out globally, the reformation that's coming globally and the, the excitement over the harvest that is going to happen because we are so epically and historically positioned for a great move of God because we need them. But in the midst of that, when you're weary, it's like, yes, I want that. <sighs> but I'm not sure how to contend for it in my weariness. So I want to address all that. But first, let's talk about kind of the situation. You can just see me look down and look at my notes probably a little bit more than I usually do. I'm usually very intentional about maintaining that spirit to spirit in the spirit eye contact with you through the camera as we stream to speak into you and release that spiritual substance into you. But I sat down this morning to organize my thoughts on all this because there's so much going on and so much going through my mind and heart. And I was realizing how much God has done for me, even in just the last three months of teaching me how to get through the weariness without ignoring it, without denying it, because then that just becomes burnout. That becomes exhaustion. And we don't want that. Um, the devil wants that. But how to keep contending, even when I was weary and was feeling nothing and feeling dry and feeling almost dead inside um, and feeling at times distracted, feeling at times, like I said, almost apathetic. A better word for that is that malaise and that fuzzy headedness. And like I couldn't maintain any momentum in the spirit. And I was getting with God and crying out to him and seeking him and sharing my heart with him. And he revealed keys to me all through this season that I kept applying over and over and over again out of faith. And then all of a sudden, I noticed, I even had lunch with a buddy last week, and he said, it seems like you're doing much better. It's like, I'm doing so much better. All the things that God had shown me to do, all the things, the keys God had given me, I just kept applying by faith. And all of a sudden, I can feel that fire, that God life coming back inside of me. And that's what I'm believing for you. So I tried to organize all that into my notes, and I want to make sure I hit the key points. So you'll probably see me looking at my notes more often than usual. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about because you're listening and you're saying, we never see you look at the camera. We never see that. Or we never see you look at your notes either. So first of all, I want to address the general weariness because so many are so weary. And I want to tell you, it's okay to admit that you're not failing. That's not the enemy winning. That's not you giving up. It's you being honest. It's you being real. And I have personally found God's favorite place to meet us is exactly where we are. Our challenge is so often we're not willing to admit that we're there and he wants to meet us there and he wants to bring healing and revival and reformation to us. He wants to, to bring uh, life in its abundance to us in those areas where we've been wrestling. But if we're not willing to meet him there and admit, it makes it harder for him to really access those places if we don't open up to him in those areas. So I want to tell you, it's okay to be weary. You're not failing. You're weary because you've been contending. You're weary because you've been battling. You're weary because you have been taking ground in the natural, in the spirit, whatever it is. You're weary because you have been standing in faith. You wouldn't be weary if you weren't doing with that. You wouldn't be weary if you hadn't been standing against the stream of the political spirit and the, the, 
the spirit of Babylon and the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Leviathan and the spirit of the world and the spirit of culture and the spirit and powers and principalities of the en enemy and all of his minions that has been a tirade in the spirit against God's people and God's plans and purposes. The reason you're weary is because you are a champion, because you are a hero because you are a warrior and you have been standing strong against him. And you may say, I don't feel strong, but you have been standing strong. Real quick, let me go back to that word God gave me at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. It was actually New Year's Eve morning when I had an encounter with God. And we did a show on that. It's, it's right in the very beginning of this year. You can go back and find it. But I was sharing with the Lord when I was starting to notice how weary I was and how tired I was. And I remember the Lord telling me that the victory of last year was simply standing because the enemy had targeted our faith and the enemy really was trying to get us to so, be so weary or so discouraged in the weariness that we would simply give up our faith. And the Lord said, you don't realize how much you've been accomplishing simply by standing in faith. And I said, well, God, I don't even feel like I've been standing. I feel like I've gotten knocked down over and over and over again. And he told me, yes, but you've stood up over and over and over again. And sometimes we get focused on where we get knocked down as opposed to rejoicing in that the strength of the Lord and the grace of God and the gift of his Holy Spirit has helped us stand back up. So I want you to know you've been accomplishing way more than you realize. And go back and listen to that show or watch that show to be encouraged about how much you've been accomplishing simply because you have stood in faith. And the very fact that you still believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, the very fact that you're still willing to believe that he is capable of healing our land, healing our nations, and bringing people back to him that he's still able to disperse darkness with his light and he's still able to use you in the midst of all that. Even if you're not sure, you're still willing to believe it and that's standing in faith and you are a champion. But again, the reason there's so many weary ones is because it's been so intense in the spirit. It's been intense in the natural, let alone how intense it's been in the spirit. So many are physically weary because we've had um, the, the pandemic, many have had a round or two of that sickness. I want to be careful what I say so we don't get shadow banned or blocked or muted. Um, the main way we reach you that we've been streaming on is finding a reason every single week to mute us. But praise God, even with them doing muting and partial muting, we're still reaching several thousand of you a week. And oh, by the way, don't forget to subscribe to my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and Rumble channel. And we're looking at other avenues and streams to reach you as well, just in case the squelching continues. But we're grateful that we still get to reach several thousand of you every single week. So we're going to continue to use all the platforms we can. Oh, and while I'm talking technical stuff, hey, I apologize. You can probably tell I'm not in my home office that we've rigged to be a sort of studio. There's some sound panels on the ceilings and on one of the walls. And I'm actually at a different location and it's not sound paneled at all. It's a great big open room. I don't have my really good mic, but I didn't want to not pour into you guys this week. So if it looks and sounds a little different this week, the quality is not quite what it usually is. I apologize, but I'm going to get a mic for up here. So at least we get better sound, but I'm trying to do as best we can and continue to pour into you. So thanks for hanging in there with me this week when the sound quality isn't quite what it usually is. All right. So many are physically weary because they've been dealing with um, uh, the, the pandemic and that, that virus that's, that many people have had a few go rounds with it. I've had a few go rounds with it. Praise God. It's been um, um, not very serious for me, but I know for many it has. 
Then there's all the physical weariness from dealing with many people have had side effects from the uh, inoculation, let's call it again. I want to be careful. Um, and, and praise God, many haven't. But for those who have, I know many people who have, and it's been a series of really challenging and wearying side effects. Um, and then there's still all the usual battles. That's just one front. There's still all the usual battles where the enemy is trying to wear us down and make us sick and weary through all the usual things like the battle we had last year against cancer and praise God um, that that has been overcome. Um, I've got friends who were contending right now for their spouses, one who was dealing with brain tumors, another friend who reached out recently, his wife just collapsed out of the blue and praise God as we've been praying for her, we've seen her revived and, and some and quite a bit of a turnaround, but the doctors are still trying to figure out what's going on. You guys heard me share about my good buddy who collapsed on the treadmill and was legally dead for more than 40 minutes and then was in the hospital and we went and we prayed for him and, um, um, and praise God, he was, he was raised from the dead, creative miracles worked inside of him to where a handful of days after all that happened, it was within five days when they were saying he, you know, he was dead. They, and then they got him back and said, you know, we may not be able to, um, uh, he, we might've been able to revive him, but we have no idea what this is going to look like. He's been, you know, uh, without oxygen to his brain for well over an hour between what happened on site and then at the hospital or around an hour, I should say, maybe not well over an hour. But, uh, you know, there could be brain damage. There could be this problem. There could be that problem. Within five days, he was up and around and walking around the hospital. And everybody there was actually referring to him as the miracle man because he was. He was a walking miracle. God showed up. But that was an attack on a different front. But physical attacks and health attacks. People are emotionally weary. If you're not physically weary, you're probably emotionally worried because it's been an onslaught in the spirit and the natural against the soul with, you know, almost constant uh, misdirection and and uh, lies coming through media, coming through the medical system, coming through the the um, uh, educational system, coming through the political system. I'm not taking sides here. Both sides are guilty of this. I'm talking about this 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 attack, this onslaught of misdirection, um, mistruth, half-truths, flat-out lies, sort of an Orwellian assault of where even when things change, it's never acknowledged that they're changed because nobody wants to say we were wrong. It's just this is how it is. This is how it's always been. That is wearying, dealing with that in the natural, that hypocrisy, that Orwellian hypocrisy. Um, then And then many are weary from the intense battles of these last couple of years. We've been contending for this nation in the USA. And I know we've got wonderful men and women who watch all over the world. You've been contending for your nations. You've been contending for your regions. You've been contending for a global revival and reformation. I know one of my most popular teachings these last two years that people have been downloading and they've had me zoom in to do trainings is revivolution, taking our nations back in the spirit. And that's been very popular. I think I've done that in three or four different nations, and we've done it online several times. People are downloading the video. People are downloading the audio versions of that. And it's because we know we're at war. We're battling for nations, for regions, for continents, for the whole wide world, and people are weary from that. You know... I want to go back to the emotional weariness too. One of the challenges, and again, both sides of the aisle, this is not a political discussion. This is a powers and principalities that uses both sides of the aisle or all sides of the aisle in your nation. We, we claim to be a two-party system in the USA. Um, 
Um, sometimes I think it's two different expressions of the same thing. But um, the one thing we know is light is greater than darkness and the kingdom always wins. So your nation may be set up differently. But one of the challenges is, again, this sort of Orwellian hypocrisy where one day I'll use examples from my nation. One day we're being told as Christians contending for righteousness in the land, how dare you be against legalized child sacrifice? How dare you be against abortion? It's my body, my choice. It, it has nothing to do with you. And then, you know, seemingly the next day we're being told any of us who have concerns about some of the mandates and force mandates involved in the pandemic, we're being told your opinion doesn't matter. It's not your body. It's for the general good. It's not your body, your choice in this area. It's only your bo our body, our choice and what matters to us. It's the same even with on the political front with like, say, the Second Amendment here in the United States of America. Uh, one day we're being told, hey, we care about children so much as we should. And we're so concerned about the, the, the shootings at schools as we should be that we're going with that. We want to fight against the Second Amendment or even take it away. And no one should be able to ever have the right to bear arms, even though it's a constitutional right in this nation. And then, you know, but it's for the children, for the children. We should be concerned about our children. We should be having discussions about how to keep our schools safe and safer. Um, but on the one, one day, it's like we're against the Second Amendment and want to take those rights away from you that are constitutional because we care about the children. And then again, the next day they're saying there's nothing wrong with legalized child sacrifice and we should be able to slaughter millions of baby in the womb every single year. That even when we know we're not, we're not warring against flesh, we're not warring against people, we're warring against powers and principalities, we're warring against the spirit of Baal, we're warring against that spirit that wants child sacrifice, that is fueled by so child sacrifice. Um, even when we know that, still we can be physically and emotionally weary from the constant battle and the seeming constant hypocrisy. I don't even mind when someone has a completely different viewpoint or stance than I do. I don't find that wearying or worrying. I find it an awesome opportunity to love them, listen to them, and then express truth into them. What I personally find wearying is when it's this constant shift and change. It's like, but wait, if you're standing on this thing here, why doesn't it apply here? And that's just ignored. So that's, I think, one of the reasons in the natural we can get weary. But it's much more, again, I can't emphasize this enough. This is never a political battle. This is never a, 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 a conservative versus liberal battle. This is never a Republican versus Democrat or, or whatever your nation's parties are. This is light versus darkness, evil versus good. And anyone who is contending for anything other than the will and ways of God, knowingly or unknowingly, are, is contending for darkness and contending for wickedness and unrighteousness is on the enemy's team, whether they know it or not. And we should love them. And even while we stand for righteousness, we should stand, we should contend for them as well, for their eyes and ears and hearts to be open. And sometimes what wearies us is constantly having to go back and allowing our God, our God to soften our heart towards these people in this battle because they are not our enemy and they are not the problem. Satan's the problem. Their policies aren't even the problem. Satan is the problem, the one fueling these policies. And we need to warn, contend for these people while we stand against the policies and the purposes and plans of the enemy. So it's no wonder so many of us are weary. And like I said, 
I don't think I fully realized how weary I was till the beginning of this year. And especially when we really caught this vision for revival and for harvest, I'm going to be really open and honest with you guys and really real with you guys. Um, because I want to make sure you know that God can meet you wherever you are. And there's no guilt or shame or condemnation, even if there's conviction or correction. But on the one hand, I was so excited about revival and I was so excited about reformation because years ago I had an open eyed angelic encounter where the Lord came and commissioned me for taking um, certain nations and continents back in the spirit. And one of the things he spoke to me at first through the angel, but then it was directly him and I. And he, him, I didn't see. It wasn't an open-eyed encounter with him. He started the, the encounter with an open-eyed encounter, uh, an open-eyed angelic flash that got my attention. And then that, that like ushered me into his presence and he started speaking to me where I was. But one of the things he told me in that, especially in the nations and regions and continents I'm called to and will be called to, he said, I want you to believe, because I'd been contending for revival. And he said, I want you to contend not only for revival, but I want you to contend for revival in the churches under reformation in the nations. So for years, that's what I've been contending for. Revival in the churches unto reformation in the nations, national level change. Super excited about it, contending, laying down my life for it. Sometimes feeling like I was smashing my forehead against a brick wall in the spirit in some nations and some regions I was going into to partner with the Lord to help break open. But with zeal, with excitement, with faith, with fervor, with a face set like flint against the things of the enemy and certain that the word of God would come to pass and seeing some great things happen. But here we are now in a season where we are getting so much faith and so much excitement for revival and reformation on national and global scale. And on the one hand, I was like, this is awesome. And then I would have to be honest with God and say, God, at the same time, there's like an excitement bubbling up in me. It's meeting a resistance of being weary and being like, I fought so long and so hard and I'm so weary, God. Really more pushing? Can't you just do it? And of course you can. But as we've talked so many times here on Heroes Arise, he's sovereign, always has been, always will be. But we have to remember his sovereign plan since day six is to work with and work amongst and work through a people willing to be in relationship with him, which is me and you. So I was just being very, very honest and real with the Lord and realizing how weary I was. But then even in my weariness and honesty with the Lord, I told him, but God, I'm also, I'm not only weary, I'm worried. I'm worried that in my weariness, I won't give you what you need, or I won't have the strength to do what you need me to do. And I don't want to miss out on this. I want to be a part of this. This isn't about me, but God, I believe for so long. I want to see it. And I'd love to be right in the midst of it, God, because I love being in the midst of whatever you're doing. I love being a part of giving you everything you want and everything you deserve, but I'm realizing how weary I am. And this was like in January and February of this year. And so I was just very, very real with them and sharing with them. And then in the midst of all that, God brought to mind a word that Leif, uh, Leif Hetland, who's become a bit of a buddy these last few years, we were having lunch together once 
around this time, as a matter of fact, it was early, it was, it was right around that time. And he shared something with me and I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. The Lord reminded me and part of what Leif had shared, I won't go too deep into it, but you can, I'm certain you can find it from him and his media and his videos. And I highly recommend him. I recommend his ministry. Um, I not only find him an incredible and dear encourager and friend and, and, and just love the man. He's one of my heroes in the faith, but Uri and I also partner with his ministry and I highly recommend you do the same because there's amazing fruit and amazing benefits in the spirit when you partner with him and the, the fruit he's, 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 he's bringing forth for the kingdom on national levels. There's few people like life. He's incredible. Get to know him and partner with his ministry. But part of what he shared with me was what the Lord had showed him in a similar kind of uh, chat with God, confessional with God, connect with God, was that in 2021, there were storms that God allowed so we could learn to, learn to rest in God in the midst of the storms. But many fought against those storms, battled against those storms, and were getting worn out. Could Because in 2022, there were storms coming that we were to fight against, and we were to learn to rest in God, rest in the victory in 2021 so we could fight from the victory, fight from rest in 2022. But many fought against the storms instead of learning how to rest in the storms in 2021. So now they were weary when it was time to fight. And when he shared this with me at lunch, I said, I think that's me. I mean, I know that the, we had to fight against the cancer storm that was sent. That wasn't a storm God allowed to teach us to rest. It was absolutely an assault of the enemy and we had to stand against it. But I will say, also, one of the things God gave me about halfway through that was a revelation of how to rest in the victory at a whole new level. So without like wearing myself out, I thought, warring against it, I could stand against it, war against it, but from that place of rest. And sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't, but ultimately God taught me and, and helped me grow up a little bit in the spirit. And we're believing to see cancer bow everywhere we go now because we saw it bow last year. But I told Leif, that's me. I feel like that. I feel like that word. I'm worn out coming into this year and being reminded that this is a year I need to war. There was a part of me that just wanted to go, really? And yet I know, I know that I know that I know, of course, we're to go to war. We're in a war against light and darkness. You've heard me share over and over and over again. One of my core revelations, one of my core beliefs is the very reason we don't go home to heaven as soon as we get saved, because let's face it, that's way better than this, right? The reason we don't go home to heaven as soon as we get saved is we get saved back into the plan since day six. Yes, we'll inherit eternal life and step from this realm into heaven one day. But the reason we don't do it right away is because there's work to do here, not toil. Toil is under the curse and it bears little fruit, but we're set free from the curse. So just like Adam before the fall, there is work for us to do with God and on behalf of him and his kingdom here in the earth. And that's a glorious and fulfilling thing. There's very, there's nothing more fulfilling. It's why you get restless if you just check out in your weariness and lay on the couch and watch sitcom reruns all day. You're not really even getting much rest and restoration because you're really not operating in what you're supposed to be doing. And God ended up giving me keys on how to rest in him, meet with him, partner with him, to be restored in the midst of weariness so that the work I needed to do that was in front of me didn't make me more weary, but I actually learned how to do it from resting in him. But I had to allow him to heal and restore the places in me first. So I'm, I hope you guys are connecting with this and, and um, 
um, um, know that it's okay to be where you are. God has a plan to strengthen you and heal you in the midst of that and get you back to what you really long to do. So a big key for me is I was sharing with God, all right, God, I want revival. I want reformation. I want harvest. I want to be part of it. But God, I'm tired. The Lord showed me, hey, before you go to war in the spirit for revival and the harvest, the key is you've got to let me go to war for you on behalf of this weariness. In other words, you've got to partner with me to see the battle for wearing, battle over weariness won before you can really be effective in battling on behalf of revival, on behalf of the harvest or whatever you're called to battle for. So basically he was saying, let heaven let me show you how heaven's going to win your battle against weariness so that you can go out and on behalf of heaven and with heaven win the battle for revival and harvest. I hope that makes sense. So it was like, to me, that was this, oh, like I was thinking, all right, okay, God, I know I'm really weary, but I'm, I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to contend. Give me the strength to fight and contend in the midst, of, you know, and not, and not give an inch to the enemy in the midst of this. And the Lord basically was saying to me, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll get there, but first we need to deal with where you are. First, you need to learn from me. I want to give you some keys on how to see the battle against the weariness one. So win the battle against weariness before you try to win the battle on behalf of revival and harvest against the enemy. So if you're weary, it's okay that you're weary. You need to know that you're weary. So we need to know, we need to discover how to war against weariness when we feel too weary to war. That's what the Lord taught me. He said, I'm going to teach you how to win the war against weariness when you feel too weary to war. Because if we just try to go to war when we're weary, we're just going to get more exhausted and burn out. But if we let God teach us and show us, and he did with me, and I'm going to share keys with you today, how to war against weariness when we're too weary to war, then all of a sudden the weariness will bow and you're strengthened in him to go out and war against what you're really called to war against. So one big thing we have to remember, and we know it from Zechariah, but this is the season for it, not by might and not by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit. And this is really key to remember because when we don't have any might or power and we feel weary, we can feel hopeless. We can feel uh, despairing. It's like, I don't have the strength to fight for what I know I'm supposed to fight for. But God says it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by your Holy Spirit. So when you're weary and you have no might or no power, Jody Hughes preaches on this great. If you've never heard her share on this, I highly recommend it. She's amazing when she talks about this passage from Zechariah of not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's one of her core revelations and there's so much spiritual substance when she releases it. But you know, God highlighted the scripture to me as well because when we don't have might or power, in ourself, we can feel guilty, we can feel ashamed, we can feel despairing, like, oh, I don't know how to fight against this. But God's saying, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's by my Holy Spirit. So if you have no might and you have no power, you're perfectly positioned for the Holy Spirit to come and win the war against weariness so that you can come back into that place of God might, God power, God zeal, God fire, God strength, God life. And that's what he's going to do for you. And I believe the shift's going to happen today as you hear these keys and grab hold of these keys. So when he says, not by might, not by power, not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, obviously that's the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God is the spirit of might. 
We know that from uh, Isaiah. What is it, 11? Isaiah 11, where it talks about the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me and the different sevenfold aspects of the Holy Spirit. One is the Spirit of might. But there's other aspects to the Holy Spirit named there and that we know because there is ministry. But it's also by His Spirit of might, yes, not in your strength, not in your power, but by His might and power through His Spirit of might and power. But it's also through His Spirit of mercy. And, it, and one of the things I did when I realized how weary I was and how tired I was and how little fight I had in me all of a sudden is I cried out to the Lord for mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, I'm pulling on the hem of the robe of your garment. I feel like I'm just about done and I know I'm not, but I'm crying out to you. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me in my weakness. Have mercy on me in my weariness. Have mercy on me in my fatigue. Have mercy on me in my discouragement. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Do for me what I cannot do for myself. That's mercy. When the whole world was given over to sin, the Son of God stepped from heaven down into this realm to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Why? Because he loves us and he was merciful towards us. Why is he your savior? Because he loves you and he was merciful towards you and he was willing to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself and forgive your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west. Well, if he do that, why wouldn't he help you when you're weary? So I started crying out, son of David, have mercy for him, have mercy on me in the midst of my weariness, not by my might, not by my power, but by you and even by your spirit of mercy, that you will have mercy on me, mercy on me, mercy on me and do for me what I feel like I cannot and I know I cannot do for myself. It's also his spirit of faith. It's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit of might and power, by his spirit of mercy, by his spirit of grace, He'll do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We'll get from him what we do not deserve, his spirit of grace. But then also by his spirit of faith, that, that he will give us the faith to believe and receive that which we know we have in him, but we're not seeing, we're not feeling. So I cried out to him for faith, and he reminded me that by faith, keep reading your Bibles. Because when I one of the ways I realized just how weary I was is all of a sudden struck me how much I'd let go of my devotional time, which is one of my favorite things to get up in the morning, make a cup of coffee, make a cup of tea, make a little espresso or something like that and sit down in my prayer chair with my Bible and read my Bible and share my heart with God and listen to his heart and drink my tea or drink my coffee or sip my espresso and share heart to heart and have devotional times with God and conversations with God. And all of a sudden I realized one of the things I've really let go is that because I was weary and in the weariness, I felt discouraged and in the weariness, I felt like life well, prayed everything and I've got to wait for the shift because, Oh, I'm weary. And so I started saying, Lord, I'm crying out for that spirit of faith, right? That, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get back into reading my Bible by faith. Something I heard Sergio Scataglini, who I, who I said is going to be with us Friday night at Words of Fire on October 14th. He said something the last time um, I was with him that was amazing. It was at one of our Shiloh Sunday services. I don't remember the exact context of what he was teaching because the specific thing he said blew me away and was such a revelation. Basically, what he said is one of the mistakes that we make as believers is we look for results instead of rewards. And what he meant by that is like when we pray, we look for if we immediately see the result and we should expect results, but we don't measure success by results. Like when I pray for someone to be healed, I am expecting the result of that healing to manifest. And yet, if that doesn't happen, I've learned over and over and over and over again that some of the most dramatic miracles I've ever seen happen days, weeks, or even a month after the fact. 
like when I released that glory, the Lord gave me to carry and to, and, and to steward, I released that into my buddy, Jerry in that moment, I didn't see or feel anything, but that along with the prayers of his church and the prayers of his wife and family all worked together to accomplish something to where a few days later, he's walking around the hospital and everybody is calling him the miracle man. Cause it's not just that he woke up. There was no brain damage. There was no, no, no damage anywhere. And there's such a huge testimony that I'm actually hoping he's going to be with us for words of fire and have him share it because he's now carrying a resurrection power. And I want him to release it to all of you guys. But um, to, to get back in that place of faith. So we're expecting results, but if we don't immediately see them, we're not discouraged. We realize what we're really contending for are rewards in the heavenlies because we're being faithful, because we're standing in faith, because we're praying in faith, because we're doing all these things in faith. So I asked the Lord, God, have mercy on me and, 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 and reignite my faith. I'm asking for your spirit of faith to do this thing for me. And so then out of discipline, good discipline, not religious performance discipline, I, I was making myself, all right, I'm setting the alarm. I'm spending a certain amount of time in my Bible and my devotional time. I'm reading it by faith. If I feel nothing, sense nothing, I know the word of God is coming into me. I know when I'm in the word of God, the word of God gets into me and it strengthens me and it becomes a fire in my bones. So I would read my Bible by faith and I would pray in tongues by faith because we're told that, that praying in tongues edifies us, strengthens us in our most holy of faith and strengthens our spirit man. So even when I felt nothing, I would set the timer and say, all right, I'm praying for 15 minutes in tongues, no matter what. Feel something, don't feel something, hear something, don't hear something. I am praying in, in tongues, in faith, knowing it is relaying a solid foundation. It's strengthening me in my faith. It's strengthening in my spirit. So I would do that by faith. And it was never striving to get something, but I would do it in faith that these kingdom keys work and would eventually bear fruit. And they do, they did. It was, it was several months, but all of a sudden I began to feel the shift. So what I want you to hear is right now, what I want to speak over you, or you, you are like Gideon and one of his mighty ones. And I believe the Lord wants to remind you, just like he reminded Gideon, that you are one of his mighty ones, one of his valiant warriors. And he's going to use you in notable, remarkable ways amongst your people, in your nation, in your region and in this world. I am declaring that over you prophetically right now for you are a valiant and mighty warrior for the Lord that he will use in great and mighty ways amongst your people, amongst your nation, amongst your region. In Jesus's name, I declare it. And I, one of the things I want you to remember when the angel of the Lord declared this over Gideon, he basically said, who me? And he listed all the reasons from where he was to what he'd been through to what his history was of why he was not qualified. And the angel of the Lord basically tells him to shake all that off. And God kept walking him step by step, stage by stage, meeting him and not by his might, not by his power, but by God's power, by God's uh, spirit. He led Gideon and it wasn't easy when Gideon first stepped out into this. It was kind of by faith, but he was also afraid. So he did it at night. God was like, that's fine. All I need you to do is step out. I'll meet you in that. And then you guys know the story. Then he put out one fleece and that wasn't enough. He put out another fleece and if that was then, then, then he needed a word from the Lord to go down into the enemy's camp. So God led him step by step. But at one point, I want to read you out of Judges 8. 
want to remind you that you're a Gideon and you're like one of Gideon's mighty men or mighty women or mighty warriors. You are one of Gideon's mighty. You are one of God's mighty, I should say. But Judges 8.4 says this, Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. So God met Gideon. God encouraged Gideon. God reminded Gideon who he was. Gideon steps out one step at a time, relying on God the whole way. God's totally cool with that. Gideon becomes this great champion. Gideon raises up this, this or leads this, this, this company of great champions. And they're having great impact against the enemy. And that's who you are. And that's what you've been doing. But at one point, it clearly says they were exhausted. They were weary. Judges 8.4, Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. They continued to war and contend. But here's the question. How do we do that? We're admitting that we've been weary. I was very weary. I had to admit that to the Lord. You're, 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 you're admitting you're weary right now. This is for all who are weary. How do we, when we're this weary, continue to chase the enemy, continue to contend? Well, number one, we don't give up. We don't give up. And if we've given up, we, or we, or, 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 we, we choose to stop giving up. Now, that doesn't mean you immediately go back to war. We'll talk about that in a minute. But if you've given up or checked out or decided I'm done, I am here to tell you you're not. And that's not a burden. I know it sounds like one right now. Like, come on, man, I just want a break. I just want a rest. Well, there's nothing wrong with a rest. There's nothing wrong with a break. But God's going to, I'm going to give you keys that God gave me so he can meet you and restore you in that break, in that rest, because you're not done. You still have great things to do for the kingdom and the earth. So don't give up. If you have given up or you have checked out, be willing to get back up. You got to know who you are. That's why I'm proclaiming over you. You are a Gideon and you are one of Jesus Christ's mighty ones in the earth. You got to know who your God is. You got to know he's well able. He's well capable. You got to know it's not by your might, not by your strength, but by you, the strength and might of your God and the spirit of your God, his spirit of might, his spirit of power, his spirit of mercy, his spirit of grace, his spirit of faith. You got to know that it's not in your strength, but in his so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Hebrews 4.11. Why am I sharing that? That's the new living. Because we know that it's God's strength, not ours. We've been talking about that. But there is a, a role we play in that. We, it says in Hebrews 4.11 in the new living, we do our best to enter that rest. Your best doesn't have to be very good, to be honest. I'm living proof of that. When I was really weary, my best was like, all right, Lord. I'm willing to listen for what your strategy is in the midst of this because I don't want to stay where I am. And the Lord showed me, and I've shared it with you, start back into reading your Bible by faith, even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, even if it's one scripture in the morning, but get back in the word and let the word get back into you. And then it was be praying in tongues every single day, even if it's one minute, even if it's five minutes, even if it's 10 minutes. And I decided most days I was going to do 15 minutes. Some days it was a little less than that, but I decided I'm praying in tongues every single day. So I, I, I told God, I don't want to stay where I am. I'll do my best to enter into your rest. And you say, but, but wait, these are things you're doing. How does rest have to do with things you're doing? Well, we're resting in God. We're resting in the truth that God will meet us in that place. But we have to be willing 
to shift, to let go of where we are and follow God into that place of rest where we know he has the victory and we'll see the manifestation of the victory. So that was the New Living Translation. Let me tell the NASB. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter the rest. So we make our best effort, but we're diligent in making our best effort. It wasn't just one day that I decided, all right, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to get back into that, you know, that, 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 that lingering Bible time, or at least do one scripture a morning, or at least do, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes of reading my Bible and sharing my heart with God. Even if I have to set my alarm and get up a little earlier in the midst of my weariness, because getting a little extra sleep hasn't cracked the weariness, maybe this will help. But I had to be diligent. It wasn't like one day and going, I don't really feel a difference to heck with it. But we have to be diligent to enter that rest. And then the King James is, let us labor, therefore, to enter that rest. Here's the thing I want you to know. The only effort, the only labor that you have to do is simply be willing to put into practice the keys God gives you. You're going to hear some from me today that he gave me. Some are going to land from you. Do them. You're not doing them out of works. You're not doing them to earn something you don't have. You're doing them to bring yourself into a position, knowing it's God that's doing them, but you're making your best effort to meet with him and to give him the space and room to shift things. All right. So one of the other things we need to do is we need to know his promises for us. Sorry. We need to know that all of his promises are yes and amen, and they're all for us. You need to know you're not disqualified from a single promise of God because you and yourself were never qualified uh, for them. Jesus Christ qualified you for them. He did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. So it's really important that you remind yourself of that. It's really important as you, you look at and admit how weary you are, or how discouraged you are, or how frustrated you are, or whatever it is. That, that that has not disqualified you from a single promise of God, especially in this area of him meeting where you are and strengthening you and restoring you. Let's go through a few of these. I know this show is going to go long. Buckle up. I'm not going to be on for three hours with you, but this is really, really important. And I want you to have these scriptures. I want you to even consider writing these scriptures down and declaring these scriptures over you every single day in that devotional time that you recommit to. But Matthew 11, verses 28 to 29 say, come to me. This is Jesus talking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That's a promise of God to you. If you come to him, if you do what we're talking about, if you're willing to meet him where you are, share your heart with him, Hear his truth for you. Hear his plans. Hear his strategies for you. And then make your best effort to do them. And I'm telling you, it won't be much. It won't be big. It wasn't for me. But being diligent in them and trusting him in them really made a huge difference to where over a season, about three months, literally a season in the natural, right? Four seasons a year, 12 months in the year. So about three seasons per season, or three months per season. And literally one season, he ch changed all this around, shifted this all around for me. But he said, if you come to him, when, even when you're weary and burdened, he will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What is that? That's the laboring to enter into his rest. He's saying, I am going to place my yoke upon you. But remember, previously he said his yoke is light and his ways are easy. So it's not going to be nearly the yoke of heaviness that that yoke of weariness or guilt or shame or condemnation that came with it will be. So he's saying, if you come to me, I'm going to give you rest. Not I might, not it could, but he said, I will give you rest. And then he says, you will find rest for your souls. So physical restoration, 
soul restoration. Jeremiah 31, 25 says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faith. That's his promise. If you connect with him, even if it's by faith and you say, Lord, here I am, thank you. And what I did with these is I would declare these over myself every day. I would say, Lord, thank you that you are refreshing me because I am weary, but you're refreshing me because I'm weary and you are satisfying me because I feel faint. Thank you, God. Psalm 62, five says, yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. So even when I was feeling not only weary, but like, man, I'm realizing how weary I am and nothing seems to be cracking it that I'm doing, like trying to get extra sleep or doing this or doing that. And, and um, I, 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 I don't know that I'm going to be able to get this sorted. Well, I don't need to. He's going to do it. My hope doesn't come from Robert. My hope comes from God. But I need to be willing to meet with him, connect with him, trust him, have faith in him. And then, yes, my soul will find rest in God. My hope will come from him. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You let the weak say that I am strong. You know, one of the revelations I've had with that is I've always thought of that. Let the weak say, okay, I'm weak right now. But then our declaration becomes, I am strong because God has strengthened us. And that's true. So he's basically saying the weak are going to say, I am strong when they embrace me and let me strengthen them. But one of the other things that came to me during the season was me saying, Lord, I am weak, but I am declaring that you are strong. So even in my weakness, you're strong and you're going to strengthen me. Your strength will strengthen me in my weakness. I don't have to meet with you and muster up strength, but I am saying I am weak, but you are strong and your strength shall strengthen me. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. So if you're weary, if you're weak, God's promises is he's going to strengthen you. It strengthen you and he's going to increase your power. Psalm 73 verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So you need to be declaring that over yourself, that God is the strength of your heart. God is the strength of your body. God is the strength of your soul. And he's your portion forever. So right now, maybe you're weary and discouraged, but that's not your portion. God is your portion. His might, his power, his mercy, his faith, his restoration, his increase of power. They are your portions. And one more, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Excuse me. Now, sometimes we read that and we hear that and we know it's true. So we think, all right, God, I can contend for revival and harvest because you were within me. That's absolutely true. But I want to remind you, I knew that was true, but God had to give me the wisdom to say, absolutely. But before you go to war in the spirit to see revival and reformation in your nation, come to me and let's go to war against this weariness. So when you go to war against revival and reformation, you don't get burned out or worn out even more. So I, the first thing I needed the strength of God for, the first thing I needed to be able to do through Christ who strengthens me was to be able to have faith and to go through this process of being reinvigorated, re-zealed, re-fired, re-strengthened. Um, and he did it. He did it. So with all that, and again, um, I know we've been going for a, quite a while now, but I want to give you these keys. So this is going to be an especially long episode, but it's going to be filled with fruit that comes forth from this because I want to give you the keys 
to the season of being strengthened by God for any who are weary. All right, key number one. Remember, God's favorite place to meet us is exactly where we are. We talked about this, so I won't go over it again in detail. But God's favorite place to meet you is exactly where you are. The key is you've got to be willing to meet him there. You've got to be willing to be real with God. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable with God. You've got to be willing to shake off anything the enemy's tried to put on you, like guilt, shame, or condemnation, where you think, all I can do is hang my head. I can't go to God and admit I'm weary. It's the most exciting time ever to be alive as a Christian, maybe the most exciting time since the first century church, maybe the most exciting time ever. And I'm weary and I'm tired and I'm a little checked out. Go to him and tell him that. His favorite place to meet you is exactly where you are. Be willing to be there. Don't let the enemy keep you from that place with guilt, shame, or condemnation. I can tell you from personal experience, God might in his love bring a little loving correction or bring a little loving conviction, but it's all unto things like he showed me. He's like, well, you've let your devotional time slide. He wasn't shaming me. He wasn't, and so you deserve to be weary and worn out. No, he's saying, I want you to see where the weariness got in, why the weariness got in. You were so busy last year contending for your wife, serving your wife 24-7, that one of the things that slipped away some is you weren't doing those daily devotionals. And that's not a religious hoop you have to jump through so that I bless you. It's a key and a tool I've given you to strengthen you in the midst of the battle so you don't get weary. You got weary. I want to show you why. Now here's the correction. But I had to be willing to meet with God. And at first I was like, I I didn't want to tell God. Everybody else is super excited about everything. I'm feeling tired, but I'm so grateful he gave me the grace to do it because that's key number one. Be willing to meet God where you are. Key number two, acknowledge your weariness or acknowledge your lack of hunger or acknowledge your despair or acknowledge your discouragement or acknowledge your frustration or whatever you're wrestling with, but do not accept it. There's a difference between acknowledging it. It'd be, it'd be silly not to acknowledge it. It'd be like, if we had ignored the tumor growing inside my wife last year, once we was there, if we just said, no, 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 we're going to ignore it. We decided that, to acknowledge it, to not ignore it, but we also didn't accept it. So we got with God and said, what's the plan you want us to take in the natural? Is there a medical plan you want us to take? And Yuri specifically being a doctor herself, she sought God on that and she got a grace and she's, she's a naturopathic physician. So she believes God has given the body's its, its ability to heal itself, completely believes in that, knows he can do it through miracles. So she said to me, I'm going to work with God to map out a natural and the physical. You work with God to map out our plan in the spiritual. Um, and so she worked with different doctors that she knew and that were recommended with her and came up with a plan that she liked in the natural while I would bring her updates on what we were doing with prayer points and different things in going to war against this thing with decrees and prayer and declarations and, and soaking in, this, in the spirit and all this other stuff. So um, we acknowledged the problem but we didn't ignore it and we didn't, I'm sorry, we acknowledged it, but we didn't accept it. So acknowledge your weariness, but don't accept it. One of the ways you do that is what we said. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm weary. He already knows, Lord, I'm weary. I acknowledge that, but I'm not accepting it because I know that's not my portion according to Psalm 73, 26. All right, key number three, give thanks. 
This to me is one of the greatest ways to activate our faith when we're not feeling hungry and we're not feeling strong or we're not feeling thirsty for the things of God. Because like, you know, when we just want to sit down and pray those declarations and decrees, when we're not hungry, when we're weary, when we're, we're tired, when we're not really full of thirst and zeal, sometimes it can be hard to try to muster up the faith place to declare over you, God is refreshing me because I am weary. He is satisfying me because I'm faint. But what I've discovered is when we shift it into thanksgiving, it gets really easy because then it, it also positions me to receive. Lord, thank you that you are refreshing me when I'm weary. Thank you that you are satisfying me when I'm faint. And when I do that over and over again, then often I'm in that faith place and I start to say, Lord, there it is. You are refreshing me. And it's faith. I'm probably not feeling anything, but it's faith. And we know from what Jesus taught the disciples and us when he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000 that giving thanks is a key to multiplication. So when we start thanking God for these promises and thanking God that he's doing it, it actually brings forth multiplication and increase. And that's a key he's given me that I've used for years when um, I need to stir up faith in a certain place and a certain promise. I'll start by giving him thanks for it. All right. Key number four, receive everything by faith. And this is key. If it's simple, when you're done praying, you say, Lord, I receive by faith, by faith, I receive, I receive, I receive. Allow God to strengthen you in any and every area you need by faith. Allow him to strengthen you emotionally, allow him to strengthen you physically and receive it by faith. Remember, you may not feel it before you have it, but you can have it before you feel it. This is something I use all the time. If I see it in the word of God, I know it's true. That settles it. I often won't feel it. I often don't feel things when I'm praying, but I receive them by faith. Can't tell you the number of times I've been in meetings or situations where we need a strategy. And I'll pray out of James 1. Thank you, Father, that you promised when we need wisdom, you give it to us. So right now, by faith, I am receiving wisdom for this situation. I'm receiving wisdom. I'm receiving tactics, battle plans, blueprints. And oftentimes, within moments, we'll have the strategy, we'll have the approach. Sometimes not. But I don't let that budge me. I know that the wisdom's going to come forth because he promises it. So... That's why he says, don't be double-minded because a double-minded man receives nothing. He's not saying, if you doubt a little bit, I'm mad at you and I punish you and I take back the cookie. No, he's saying the key is to receiving it all by faith. So if you say, God, I'm receiving the wisdom that you have for me. Oh, I'm not getting the wisdom. Maybe I didn't get anything. Hmm. You've just cut off that flow of wisdom into you as opposed to saying, Lord, I'm not quite hearing the wisdom yet, but I'm receiving it by faith. And I know that I know that I know that it will come forth. So receive everything by faith. Receive the strengthening by faith. Receive the restoration by faith. Receive the encouragement by faith. Receive it by faith and come into agreement with it and declare that you're receiving it by faith. Key five, refuse condemnation. This is really important because the enemy is going to try to condemn you that you're feeling weary while all these other people are super excited and super zealous about whatever's going on. God wants to meet you where you are. You've got to refuse that condemnation. You've got to refuse guilt and shame. You've got to refuse jealousy or bitterness that the enemy will try to sucker you into because, oh, those people are excited. I'm jealous of them. Or how dare they be excited? Don't they know that the problem's going on in the world? And bitterness, you've got to refuse it all. And if you haven't refused it, 
The good news is the blood of Jesus Christ works. So you start refusing it today by saying, Father, thank you for highlighting to me I've given place to bitterness or I've given place to condemnation or I've given place to competition or I've given place to jealousy or, 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 or shame or guilt. Thank you for helping me see that. I repent. I let go of all of it. I repent. I repent. I repent. I turn away from it. I resist those things of the enemy. I submit myself to you. And thank you that the blood of Jesus is enough and removes all of the effects from giving place to that for me right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Okay. You want to focus on God, not on others. Focus on God. Focus on his character and nature. Focus on his promises. Focus on his trustworthiness. Focus on his faithfulness. Focus on his word. Don't, this is a really good season to remember what Jesus said to Peter when Peter asked about John. And he said, don't worry about what I'm going to do with John. It's me and you. We're on this walk together. Don't compare. Don't compete. Don't focus on someone else. Just walk with me and talk with me. I want to make this about you and me right now. I've got strategies for you. Don't be distracted or don't be jealous or competitive with what I'm doing through somebody else. So focus on God, not others. This will help keep you from pride. This will help keep you from confusion. Oh, they're doing that. Should I be doing that? No, you should be doing what God is leading you to do. Um, and even if it's these embracing these keys, um, it'll also help you keep from becoming an accuser because of the brethren. Because sometimes when our lane or our time is a season of restoration or rest and we're around all these other weary people and we're seeing people that are running in zeal, we can think, you know, uh, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. They, they shouldn't be caring about the lost. They should be caring about the wounded in the church right now. No, they should be doing what God's directing them to do. And maybe one of the things God's doing in you in your restoration process, like he's done for me is right now, my passion is to see the, the walking wounded in the church, to be reminded that they're loved, that they're not disqualified, and give them these keys that God gave me to be strengthened in the midst of it. Now, many of you are going to look around and go, no one's even going to know you're weary because you're still doing so much for the gospel. That was my case. Like when I was sharing with some people I'm accountable to how weary I am, they were like, but you've, you've been doing more of this, this, and this than, than you have for a while. What do you mean you're weary? You're not checked. I was like, no, but I have, I'm noticing how weary I am. I'm noticing some things going on in my mind and in my heart, and I don't want them to get roots. I want to be accountable. And then God led me through this process while still continuing to do what I was called to do. But don't start thinking what others are doing they shouldn't be doing and becoming an accuser. Focus on God. Don't focus on what uh, Jesus is doing with John, Peter. Focus on what he's doing with you. Um, and and, and, and it, it will help see you see, there's, see you see this, see you through this season. Sorry. One addendum, though, about Focus on God, not on others. One thing the Lord showed me that when he highlighted it's time to focus on others, it was specifically for this reason. Sometimes it's easier to believe for someone else's breakthrough than for yours. So I have some friends that are really going after um, the great harvest and are planning some really cool things with God to see harvest come in on citywide levels, statewide levels, and to see the harvest in the United States of America and the world really begin. And they're planning these crusades and they're planning all these incredible events where the main focus is on putting God on display and the glory and goodness of God on display in such a way that thousands, if not even millions will get saved. So they're going after this 120 percent 
And while I'm weary and thinking, ooh, I just want to get through what I need to get done for today, one of the things the Lord showed me was one of the ways to get past my weariness was to focus on how to be a blessing to someone else and what they're called to do. So I would pray for them, still pray for them, sow into them, do all those types of things. Sometimes it's easier to believe for somebody else's breakthrough or to pray into somebody else's call in the midst of your weariness than it is to your own. So that's one time the Lord showed me that in this rest and restoration season, not to focus on others, focus on him, unless he's highlighting people to me that I can pray for and help contend for. Because when you do that, you're not only participating with God and his kingdom purposes, but what's really cool is when you're praying for another, now you're sowing prayer on another's behalf, you're gonna reap intercession on your behalf. You may not even know it till you get to heaven. But when you sow prayers and intercession and decrees and declarations on behalf of what God is doing for someone else, as opposed to worrying about yourself in that moment, now you're going to reap a, a 30, 60, 100, even uh, Deuteronomy 111, thousand fold return of prayer and intercession for you when you're at your weakest or you're at your most needing of prayer. All right. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Key number seven. We talked about uh, uh, focus on God, not others. Focus on God, not you. Remember, he is, it's his strength, his might, not your strength, your might. Remember, he is worth you giving him what he needs in any season, even if what he needs is for you to give him a season of restoration. But focus on him. Cry out to God for him, especially when you feel nothing. There's so much power in this. Like, on the days I was really numb and really weary, I would cry out to God all the more, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm desperate for you. God, I've never needed you more. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're stirring a hunger in me. God, I, I'm so aware of how desperately I need you, how desperately I need your might, your strength, your faith, your mercy. I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. One of the things that's cool about this is when you're feeling nothing and pray and 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 stir yourself up for a moment to cry out to God that way, you're doing something really powerful because you're acknowledging you're completely, utterly, and totally dependent on him, which we are. But when we acknowledge that, it does something. And when you start to cry out, like for me, at my most numb and weary, when I started doing this, God, I'm desperate for you, I realized I really, really am. None of this can shift without you. None of this is going to move forward without you. God, I'm so desperate for you. And then you realize, well, I've always been desperate for you, God. But it really triggers something powerful. So focus on God, not you. Remember, oh, another thing when you focus on God that's really beautiful is you're going to remember that there's nothing we're facing, feeling, or dealing with that Jesus hasn't also faced felt or dealt with, and he overcame them all. And you're going to remember there were times Jesus felt weary. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, Father, my soul is sorely vexed. He was saying, God, I am worn out. Father, I am worn out. But yet he knew how to press into God. He knew how to, to see these things overcome in weariness as a man, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of his father and the spirit that dwelled within him. We now have that same spirit in us. So we'll remember that Jesus felt these things, dealt with these things, and he overcame every single one of them. And that in him, we can see that victory made manifest for us. That'll happen when you focus on God. You'll remember that um, when you focus on God, you can remember our, he's our Messiah. And you think, well, I know I'm saved. What's that have to do with being restored? Well, we've talked about this before. 
Knowing that he's your Messiah means you know that he'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And he has done for you what you cannot do for yourself. So when you focus on God in this season, remember he's your Messiah. You can remember he can strengthen you when you can't strengthen yourself. He can restore you when you can't restore yourself. He can relight the zeal, the fire of zeal and fire of first love in you when you can't do that for yourself. He's our Messiah. He's the one who's committed to doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. But you'll also remember as you focus on him, him, that he's your model, that he not only has done all this, won all this, but put all this on display and also how to step into it. That's why he said, truly, truly, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I do and even greater works all to his glory, all by his might, all by his power, all by the shedding of his blood and the complete, utter and total victory he won for us at the cross and through the empty tomb. But he says, you're going to do it. So he's saying, I'm not only Messiah and doing all of this for you and winning all, doing all and giving you all, but I'm modeling to you. So the son of God became the son of man. So every son of man could become a son of God. But the son of God also manifested as a son of man to show us what that looks like. He came so that every single son and daughter, every single man and woman who says yes to him can be restored to the fullness of relationship with our heavenly father here in the earth. But he also came to show us what that looks like and how to step into it. That's why he invites us to walk with him. That's what discipling is all about. He's saying, okay, now that you believe, I want to teach you how to do this stuff. Not become Messiah. You don't need to. You have a Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one and only Messiah. You can't be Messiah, but he is Messiah and has done it all. So he wants to teach you how to walk in all of that. He models that to us. So Jesus faced the same things and overcame every sin, every temptation. He was tempted with it all, and yet sinned in none of it, overcame all of it, including weariness and the, the, the desire to give up and stop, right? But he shows us how to stand against that. He modeled to us how to stand against that. And it's very simple. But Father, your will be done. He said, oh, if there's any way to take this cup of suffering from my lips, man, I am worn out as a man, not as God, but as doing it all on behalf of man. He did it as a man, fully connected to God, but as a man. And he said, I am really, really, really feeling like I'm at my, my wit's end here, at the end of my rope, but your will, not my will be done, Father. So he's saying, look to God at your weariest moment. Here's the key. Look to the Father. Trust in the Father. Follow the Father. Embrace the strategies and plans and tactics of the Father. That's what all these keys are. That's what I did by the grace of God and all to his glory. That's what I did. That's what he led me into is a better way of saying it because he really does deserve all the glory. But he gave me these keys. So he showed me how to partner with him in this season with the things like also, you know, I've already I've hit on it. I didn't list it as a key, but it was one. Getting back in the word every single day, praying in tongues every single day, not out of striving, not out of efforts, not out of religion, not out of performance, but knowing they were kingdom keys that would bring breakthrough. All right. And then two more quickly. Receive the food and water of heaven that refreshes and strengthens in the natural and in the spirit. So that's actually the last one, but it has to do with the spirit and the natural. And you can read 1 Kings 19 verses 5 through 8. This is a great example where somebody, Elijah, has had a massive victory in the spirit, right? Um, on Mount Carmel, this massive victory. And then he's supernaturally empowered to be a sign and a wonder. And he, he outraces the chariots of Ahab to, to what was it? Jezreel, I think it was. And, and yet when he gets there, the enemy comes at him hard through Queen Jezebel. And he ends up 
kind of like what I told you, you know, there's a great battle last year and we see the great victory against cancer. We came into this year and you think I'd be like, woohoo, our God can do anything. And he can't. And I know that yet all I could think about was how tired I was, how weary I was. And like um, uh, Elijah, I didn't want to go out in the desert and die, but I was weary and tired and realized that, well, one of the things God does is he sends an angel twice with food. And I believe one time he's strengthening Elijah in body and one time he's strengthening Elijah in spirit. And one of the keys that God gave me when I looked at this passage and could relate to what Elijah was feeling was I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, by faith, receive the divine, supernatural, heavenly food I have for you, for your body and for your soul to strengthen you naturally and to strengthen you in the spirit for this coming season. And I'd receive that by faith. So there are the keys for you, for any who are weary. And I am a living example, strengthened, uh, 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 restoring, not 100% back yet, but man, so much has shifted. I feel so much more fire, so much more zeal, so much more passion, so much more compassion, so much more hunger and thirst to see and partner with God for all that he has for us in this season. And I personally am going to keep embracing these keys Keep going through this process with God because there's many, many years ahead of us to run and to run strong in his strength. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. I hope that is a battle plan for you. And real quickly before I let you go, thanks for hanging in there with me on a very extended episode. But um, I want to pray for you. Father God, I thank you that you know a respecter of persons. And I want to thank you that as you love me, you love every single person watching. And for any who are weary, God, I thank you that you are the God who restores strength. You are the God who brings back might. You are the God who reignites fire and zeal. Lord, I ask first and foremost that you would embrace every single person watching who is weary with your love. I break off all guilt, shame, condemnation. I break off anything that would make them feel less than because they are weary. And I remind them of what champions that they are for being willing to be honest and real with you. It's how we all get saved. So why wouldn't it be how we get healed, restored, strengthened, refired, refueled? Thank you, Lord, that you are doing for them what you did for Elijah, what you did for Gideon. You are doing for them what you've done for every single son and daughter who's ever said yes to you and run their race well with you. There are times when we get weary. And Lord, when we do, you meet us there and you strengthen us. You heal us body and soul. You restore us body and soul. And I thank you that you are doing that for each and every one of them. Lord, I ask for a greater grace for them, that you would oil their feet in the, in, in the thick, rich cream of the butter of your presence, that you would pour forth oil from our rock, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our model, our deliverer, our healer, our strengthener, our restorer, so that they could ease their way into this glorious, wonderful process with you. This is nothing to hang our heads down about. It's actually a glorious thing to embrace because any process with you, what it's about is intimacy. What it's about is deepening trust, deepening faith. And I thank you for the incredible fruit that's going to come forth in each of them in this season, whether it's three minutes, three hours, three days, three months, three years. It's going to be the perfect amount of time for them because you're so personal. You know exactly what they need. But God, as they go through this process with you, I thank most of all that it will draw them into a deeper intimacy, a deeper faith, deeper trust, a deeper awe, a deeper respect, a deeper reverence with you, God. And Lord, I thank you then not only the fruit that this process will bring to them and work in them, but I thank you for the incredible fruit that's going to explode from what you are reinvigorating them and re-strengthening them for. I speak hope 
as much as strengthening because you should have hope. Jesus is going to use you powerfully on the other side of this, Gideons. He's going to use you powerfully on the other side of this, Elijah's. He's going to use you powerfully on the other side of this beloved of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for hanging with me. This is an important topic, a healing topic. We need every single one of you. It's not, it's not just some little thing we say every week about you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. That's the word of the Lord over your life. And if you need a season of rest and restoration, it's okay because there's many, many, many great things to do for the gospel and for the kingdom on the other side of this time for you. So God bless you. Don't forget October 14th and 15th, Men on the Front Lines presents Heroes Arise Southwest 2022 Words of Fire, our men's event for the Southwest and West region this year. Don't miss it. Go to menonthefrontlines.com and click on the events link and you can find out all about it or reach out to me by email, robert at roberthodgkin.com or robert at menonthefrontlines.com. And hey, while you're at menonthefrontlines.com or roberthodgkin.com, do me a favor, click the donate link, click the giving link. We would love for you to sow into and be a part of all the content we're creating, all the things that we're doing, but also know this, many are going through hard times right now and we're committed to being here for you. If you aren't in a position to sow right now, that's okay. This is your season to reap. This is your season to, to be poured into. But if you are in a position to uh, help or share or sow, even small gifts add up and they'd be greatly appreciated. All right, God bless you. And I'll see you back here next week for another episode of Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.